All right. We got another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros coming at you. Uh, testing out some uh, new technical stuff we got going on. But anyways, welcome to the Annex location yeah, again. Annex location. We've got, as always, I'm Alex. We've got Adam over here. we got Chris over here. Um, NFL draft happened. Uh, Stanley Cup playoff starts in like a few days at the time we're recording this. We've got two beer reviews as always. Reviews, as always. So wait, will this got, make number ninety-seven and ninety-eight? This will be ninety-seven and ninety-eight tonight. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for those that are watching, we're coming up on our hundredth official beer review. So it's a. Um, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Well, we'll start over. Yeah, start over. Yeah. Um, welcome back to another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros. Uh, as always, I'm Alex. I've got Adam right here. I've got Chris right here. We're at the Annex location like we have been for a couple weeks now. Um, NFL draft to talk about. Two beer reviews. We're going to start off the episode with a beer review in a second here. I say plus we got a little bit of uh, NHL. Well, yeah, NHL talk. Yeah, Stanley bit. Cups are quickly approaching. The Stanley Cup is quickly approaching. So I say talk as, about the, that. as the resident hockey expert slash biggest fan of in the room, yeah. In the room, in the room <laughs> at least. I'm going to yeah. have to give a lot of talking, and these two are just going to listen. They did mm. come up with their two random picks to win it all, though. No. Um, I'm, I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just save it for the save it for the NHL segment. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for that. And um, I don't know. Anything else we got for that? Yeah. So we have, well, just a news, news to announce, obviously. We're getting ready to do the beer review right here. And, um, and this will be beer number 97 for us. We'll do 98 tonight as well. So next week's episode, we're going to have obviously 99 and then beer 100. So official scores, meaning on the show and uh, and live shows. Those were we'll those were what I counted. Count I did count the live shows. So um, that'll put us actually really close to, to 100. And it's just been the, the breweries that we have done plus uh, shows. So official beer reviews, basically. So, so do we have anything special? And or anything the fans would like to see us do for a hundred beer review. So yeah, if you're following us on Instagram, um, you've obviously seen the question I put out there for us to do our one hundredth. Um, some crackhead that came in at number one said moose piss. Um, do you actually know what moose piss is? Like in uh, no, in, in just, terms of beer review? No, I was just saying genuine moose piss. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did you know that actually like wait, wait, is there's there a, a beer? beer? No, there's not a beer named Moose Piss, but that okay. is actually like a term for like just the last bit of like sediment that's in the bottom of your beers. Like if you drink just a Bud Light and there's like foam and like hot water by the time like you're the done. Wash down yes, the yes, is that, that is is called Moose Piss, legitimate, one hundred percent. No, that was a that was a I, shot in the dark. I looked it up, so it, that's <laughs> pretty saying, wild, yeah, isn't it? Give me a whole bunch of backwash beers. Yeah. <laughs> basically that's what he was asking. It's for, almost yeah. like the the Jersey Turnpike shot where they just take the rubber mats. And just pour that, and yeah. pour that into a shot glass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would so, be terrible. How much money for you to do that? The what bar and how much? No, I mean, I drink, what I mean, bar I drink is it, a good question. Yeah. What bar is a good Am bar? I drinking like the whole thing or okay, you, whatever comes out of that mat a, into a, good a shot? One ounce pour of that mat, and I got to drink the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. What bar? Um, because I'll tell you right now, depending on the bar, it'll range from like ten bucks to a hundred bucks. <laughs> All right, you want to do something? Do something local, like our favorite hangout spot when we were back in college, Saloon. Probably a solid 50 spot. Yeah, that's legit. I would say that. Moose, because Saloon was, well, Saloon is, was decent, and like most of their drinks were yeah. kind of average. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get like bourbon, vodka, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but if you were talking somewhere like. Like Pearl's upstairs where you could get some crazy. I was, thinking, I was thinking more like Latitude. 
Like yeah, if you're, you're thinking like latitude, like cotton gin upstairs, stuff like that, like ooh, uh, 200. 200? Yeah. Thirsty so Lindo, so Thirsty Lindo, Parrot. Lindo was 50. Thirsty Parrot? You got to do it. Yeah. Brother, that's all Hennessy. It's just oh, the whole, I was literally going to say the whole, the, whole, yeah. the whole Matt's Hennessy. Um, <laughs> so. That's probably like 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, I it a little bit more. But, than anyways, me. that was just a shot in the dark when I said Moose Piss. I was just being funny because, you know, being on the show, I was like, oh, I'm going to give my little input. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that literally was like. I did not realize that, it was an actual like, a beer thing. Yeah. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. <laughs> so, they, the more did you not know. know that. Yeah. Um, but we have had some entries. So, yeah, if you're watching this, you're interested, DM us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, if you know one of us personally, text us and uh, tell us what you want us to do. You know, whatever, I guess, gets the highest votes is whatever we'll we'll go out and get to be the 100th official beer review for the podcast. So we're pretty excited about it. Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it's do not something. It's not going to be Bud Light. Do, yeah, do a craft beer. It's going to be some kind of craft. So um, y'all ready to get into beer number one? Yeah. All right, well. sweet. So beer number one for tonight, uh, coming from Great Divide Brewing. I think we've actually done something from Great Divide before. I have to look back on our chart. I think, but, I think we have. Um, I think it was a darker style. This was quite interesting when I picked it up, a Margarita Goza. So I'm glad we saved this for tonight's episode. We had done this <laughs> yeah. later later in the uh, – or earlier in this six-pack. Yeah, because yeah. at we're, the time of this yeah. recording, uh, it is May 4th. And therefore, this is in honor of Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Is it really May 4th? I thought it was May 3rd. No, no it's, it's May 4th. 4th. Oh, yeah. so, okay. All right, sweet. Have you not um, seen all the May the 4th be with you memes today? You are right. You are right. Come on, man. So, um, yeah, so this will be our uh, Cinco de Mayo uh, beer, review. beer review, I guess. So we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm interested. Any any personal upfront feelings on this? I'm feeling like it's going to have a, um, like a heavy, maybe not a heavy lime taste, but not quite as heavy as like I, that. I was going to say, I think. For it to be a margarita beer, that's going to have to be a, a gose or a sour. So I think they're off to a good start there. Well, gozes are typically like – so sours obviously have that bite, that sour yeah, to it. Yeah. Gozes typically carry a lot of salt to them. So I think this could actually turn out pretty good. Saying, like like salty, lime. Yeah. So, like, I feel like this is going to remind us of the Mexican lager that we had from uh, Hazelwood. Or this is going to be like the lime golden ale from – Still hands, which is just a lot of lime. And if that's the case, I'll, I know. Hopefully, for, it's not the for, one from Palmetto. It was like the salted lime or whatever. Oh, oh yeah. no, that thing was trash. Was, yeah. No, no. Neither, is, neither one is, of the flavors came through. This is better than that already. Like this Chris's, Chris's expression already showed it was good. This, so, yeah. This is more like the uh, the Mexican lager from. I'm, from that's Hazel what Road. I'm hoping because the, the lime golden, I'm not a big fan because it was like way too much lime. I got to look back because I'm pretty sure we've done something from Great. Bro, that hit like a sour. It's, it's it's got good, something though. to it. I, I got like that like back of the jaw like lock jaw tang right there that like like you would like a sour like makes like an annoying like a warhead used to give you like would make your like the muscles back you're gonna lock up yeah okay okay we have done we've done a great divide Oktoberfest lager and it was uh, Zach was actually on the show with us oh, sweet yeah we almost had Zach on tonight for the NHL talk but um. Like we it. we gave a general sevens basically average of maybe like seven three for the uh, the Great Divide Oktoberfest Lager, but so those of you that are just listening to the podcast, you can always uh, check us out on YouTube and see our actual live reactions to this. Yeah, yeah, we'll have them up for you. And, we'll have the videos uh, posted ooh, this shortly is, after. Recording. This is really good. 
See, I like this. It does, it, they I did like well. this. They did well. This is something I would really drink in the sun, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, this I is, you're I on the lake. You're like, on the I ocean. Like when I drink margaritas, usually if it's a good one, that first sip has kind of got that sour like claim yeah. to it. Yeah. But then the second sip, it's not really there. And that's what I got when I took the second sip. It didn't. It doesn't hit as hard because your your taste buds have gotten used to that little that shot. Co- that sh- that first shot of like yeah. lime and yeah, I guess like how sour mix whatever you want to consider it yeah. But you know, of course, this doesn't. Have- I feel like this would be good with a shot of tequila in it though. Yeah, I feel like this would. It yeah, like little, in a pint and gave you like a little tequila little, shooter, little head, yeah, little head over yeah. there. Or like we'll top a, you off. Like when you when you get like a Corona Rita, like mm-hmm. if you if you could put this in a bottle and then stick this into a a margarita mix. I feel like this would be really good. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. It could get dangerous. It could dangerous. Be dangerous. Very dangerous. So, but yeah, this um, is, they did very, very good. I mean, it tastes just like a margarita should taste. I feel like without, I've had a. Without, of course, the tequila bite. Yeah. I feel like I personally had a darker beer from Great Divide and it was pretty good. So I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah, that's like, a, excellent. A, that's excellent. A, a little paragraph on the side. That says, Go for it. For this tank farm release, we captured the vibe of the poolside cabana and paired it with the refreshing characteristics of a traditional sour German ale, partially par- English, partially aged in tequila barrels and enhanced with lime puree, macrut lime leaf, and Himalayan pink salt. Mm. The end result Solid. is tart. Got that, and dry with an abundance of citrus notes. Yeah, yeah, they nailed this. Yeah. That's the, the agent in the tequila bales. Give good you call. Just, yeah. Great call. Good call. Name that type of lime right there. Don't right man, there. don't don't be embarrassing him like Macroot? that on video. Macroot, Macroot, or something. Like that. Okay, I would yeah. say it's Macroot. It's spelled M A K R U T. Yeah, I would call it Macroot. Macroot. Yeah. So. Uh, we're not English professionals. We're just beer, not at all. beer review professionals. Neither, we're just beer drinkers. <laughs> yeah. None of us three graduated with an English degree. I can promise you that. Yeah. I mean, I was close. Guys. I was None like, those guys. Yeah. Someone's got engineering, one's criminal justice, and then one's sports. So, yeah, pretty much. There's really not much English involved in that. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and give this a score, though. Yeah, go ahead. Eight, five. Eight, five. Okay. This is excellent beer. This is very more sips in. So like, I'm gonna do it an injustice after that. Well, that is really it is really good. It is a really good beer. Don't get me wrong. That's a really good beer. That's the best. This is a really good summer beer. We've always talked about that. This is a great summer beer. That's the best beer. Ooh, maybe not. Maybe not. That's at least that's a top two beer from that from the six pack that we've done here. We rated the Wiseacre Milk Coffee Stout in the mid eights. So it all depends 5. on eight percent alcohol. If that influences anybody's decision. Oh well, they no, just reverse really. their numbers. And that's what was my score. Is that how you did it? No. no oh, okay. <laughs> you did it I just all told right. him. <laughs> I mean, he looked at the cam for for eight minutes over there. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he may have been just a sneaky one on us. Nah, I didn't know what. They Man, had. exciting. So, uh, while Alex is picking up his score, as always, make sure you give us a subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you know, like, comment, whatever you want to say. Uh, and if not, interact with us. We'll. we'll tell us to do something we'll probably end up yeah doing it. yeah if there's a beer that you you know want us to do we're certainly going to do it so or something you want us to talk about let us know yeah um, that way. i'm gonna yeah. say eight one dude eight one yeah. okay all right i think that's fair i think that's fair it's one of those where if i was going through total wine and saw it i would pick it up yeah i would absolutely if i saw this again somewhere this would be yeah. this one i would go ahead it's going into the 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 list of uh 
Create solid your beers that you just you know you're going to be okay with. Like they're they're going to come in through. They're going to come in clutch for you. Do we ever say we're great? The Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Um, that kind of makes sense. Obviously. Continental Divide, um, baby. Yeah. Mm. Eight four. Okay. Eight four. Solid. Uh, so solid. eight four. Eight one. Is that what you said? Yep. Eight one for me. Eight one and then eight, eight, eight five. Yep. So. Uh, all good scores. Definitely a recommend. Obviously, if you're you know from the Colorado area, Denver, big, Colorado big area, this needs yeah, this, one. this needs to be something you're trying. Uh, if you can get it where you are, I mean, if we can get it on the East Coast, obviously you probably get it. Yeah, pretty much somewhere anywhere. out in the Midwest area, so, closer to the Midwest and South Carolina, yeah. you're gonna be able to get this beer. Yeah, so definitely recommend. Um, mm. Any final notes you guys want to go on that one? No, nah, that I don't know. They did a very good job though of like capturing I, capturing the margarita flavor without overdoing it either in the salt in the lime whatever that traditional margarita flavor is that you think of they did a very great job of capturing it in a beer form yeah so it's got the lime smell and taste to it um the salt's there the sour's there but the sour's there in a way that i like it because margaritas the sour mix to me sometimes can just be overpowering depending on where you go or who makes it yeah oh yeah um and it's just like it, it almost feels like you're just drinking like heartburn just ready to go kind of thing. They did a good job of capturing the essence of sour, but in the beer way to where it got away from the sour mix. Yeah. So it's there, but it's not gonna just like ruin your day, you know. Yeah. I, I yeah. like it. I mean, like I said before we even tried it, Gozas are typically kind of salty. So I was expecting this, especially in a margarita, to be kind of salty. But you're right, it's got it's just it does have that sour mix to it that you get in a traditional margarita. So, I mean, a one job, great divide. This is the best beer it's we've a had. Good one. If you like margaritas, yeah. that that beer right there is good for you. Best beer we've had in at least three shows. Oh so. yeah, guaranteed. All right. Any day. Professional. Yeah, we're over here trying to turn the video camera <laughs> off and. Send to the next segment. Uh, well, while, while you're listening and we're switching in between videos, obviously, you know, make sure that you're hitting us up and, and following us on Facebook and uh, and Instagram right now. Uh, beer underscore bacon underscore bros on Instagram. Just beer bacon bros on Facebook. Obviously, you've seen our logo here on Podbean. You'll find it on any of our social medias. So, uh, you know, we greatly appreciate it. And as always, we love your input on any, you know, videos or recordings and uh, any specific beers that you... Just go out there and do it, dude. Um, but if you hit us up on Instagram, you might have the fun. It's the it's the Instagram roulette. I'm gonna start calling it because it's either gonna be Chris or me that responds, and sometimes <laughs> we'll respond at the exact same time, and it'll be two different messages, and you just won't know it. But it, yeah, interact with us. We'll interact back. I promise. I'll have Dylan edit that. Don't worry about it. But yeah, yeah it we're was having a pretty... technical difficulties over here with our video camera. While we're in the audio, just, though, those that are just listening, <laughs> yeah, those that are just listening, we are going to tell a funny story. So the other day, Alex and I are both on Instagram at the same time, and a friend of ours, uh, you know, made a comment. I think it he was responded to a story that we had posted. It was it, like a it was... question or something. She just she interacted with something we put on our face. Our Instagram. It, oh, it was uh, it was the over under on how many picks we were going to get right yeah. in the NFL draft. Yeah. And she and was closer she, than we were. Honestly. She was definitely closer than we were. And uh, and basically, like, she said that we weren't going to get very many right. And then, and then Alex and I both at the same time responded in Instagram's DMs. Alex, of course, identified himself. And then she had something else to say. And then I think I said something funny back and then put your name underneath it. 
No, I said something funny back, but then I put. I never, you, I never put my name on the yeah. sign. I was just like, hey, it's just. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna identify myself. And you like, you, you know, was like, like, nope, that's out. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I was talking crap about her favorite NFL team. That's what I yeah, said. yeah, like, you're talking about the Miami. So many, so many the Miami Dolphins. And I was like, that's so. Yeah, so many games the Dolphins are gonna win. Yeah. Alex is the technical expert, so yeah. I'm gonna let Alex take over. So, you hold it down, it should. But if you're just now joining us on on Podbean Live, obviously, uh, you know we've been on Podbean for a little over a year and a half now. I switched over from Patreon initially, and um, going back through our official beer scores, we're uh, looking at possibly, uh, you know, coming up to 100. So uh, officially, we just did our 97th beer. And uh, really looking forward to doing number 98 later on tonight. And then sometime next week, we'll have beers number 99 and 100. So if you uh, have something specific you'd like for us to you know, do as a beer review, please let us know. go old school just give it a second video camera stuff uh, unfortunately we were having a little technical difficulties you want, there you want nhl or nfl first let's do nhl real quick i feel like that's going to be a lot quicker it's going to be a lot of alex talking here <laughs> and a lot of hey, us I, listening. I got some i got some smart inputs on this all right, I got, all right people yeah, we'll know things to the uh, nhl all right i'll get this pulled up on the computer for everybody to for my my associates to see here. Yeah, cool. Because I didn't I, I didn't know the team. I didn't know the uh, team names. I saw the logos. Could understand the logos, but didn't know the uh, Red Wings are going this year, the Red Wings. Are they no. the worst? No, they're already yeah they're already eliminated. Yeah, I, th- I was about to say they're I not thought, even in the playoffs. I thought they were literally the worst team. So no, no, I think that is I think Buffalo has every right to be called the worst team in the league right now. They've only won fourteen games. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, Buffalo is nope. definitely the worst. No one's learning that. So. Well, welcome to uh, NHL uh, playoff talk. Obviously, uh, as we've mentioned before, if you're a follower of the uh, of the show, Alex is 125 <laughs> percent the NHL guy in the group. Um, not that Adam and I don't, you know, obviously know teams and understand how hockey works. We're just not as deep a follower. So, uh, Alex, a Pittsburgh Penguin fan, so a multi-time champion, he knows what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen uh, three three Stanley Cups being hoisted by the Penguins in, in your lifetime, that, right? Yes, in my yeah. Lifetime. Have they won more since before you were born? I don't know if they were like a powerhouse yeah, in the eighties yeah. and seventies. So when, uh, when Mario Lemieux was here, he they, he won a few. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, right, many, so. how many total does Pittsburgh have in Stanley Cup? It should be five. I think Lemieux won two. Okay. Yeah. So they they have almost just as many Stanley Cups as they do Super Bowls. Yeah. 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 Dallas can't say that. Mario Lemieux is a god no. among men when it comes to <laughs> hockey outside of uh. Uh, you know, Gretzky. Obviously, it's like there's Gretzky. He's like, actually, he's God. And then there's like Marlon Mew. He's like a little archangel. He's like right there. Yeah. Okay. So he's yeah. like Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. Marlon cool. Mew was a uh, player for the Pittsburgh Penguins for the longest time. Bought the team, retired because he actually couldn't even like bend over to tie skates. Yikes. And Did then he had the look coming in tie skates. He, like, he was retired <laughs> for a few years and his kids were like, we never saw you play hockey. And he was like, Okay, and went back to the league and actually played hockey as a owner of the team, and also played with Sidney Crosby for like a year or two. Dang, yeah, because his you, kid, his kids were like, we never saw you play hockey, and he was like, I'll fix that. So I, I did, awesome. I did just a little bit of NHL research yesterday and today. What you thinking? How old do you think Sidney Crosby is without looking? If you look at his face, you're like seventeen. 
Um, he's like 35, isn't he? I'm going to say he's actually like. Is he older than that, you think? No, because he came he came to the league like young, young. Because he's been in the league, what, probably 14 Two, years? 2005. Yeah, he, oh. he, uh, he's been in the league for 16 years now. I was close. I said fourteen. Yeah, he's he's been like one year, like. But he was probably in like the what, weird 18, like Canadian league. Or whatever. He was like what, probably eighteen, yeah. nineteen yeah. in the um, league. I'm gonna say thirty-eight, the oldest. He's thirty-three. Okay, but doesn't he feel like he's forty years old? Yeah, he feels like I feel like he is the Tom time. Brady of the NHL right now. Like, no, that's playing. Like, that's like like Charles and Gretzky. Like Gretzky's obviously. You look at him, you're like, that dude. That dude's old. old. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Chara is like 40, not isn't he? Gretzky. Um, Ovechkin, sorry. Ovechkin, yeah. Well, Gretzky is, uh, is old. Chara is getting up there. That's why he just got traded from the, the Bruins and stuff. They're just going, like, you need to leave away. Yeah, Chara was born in 77. And he's still playing. So that 44 almost? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 44. Yeah. Guys, see, that makes me feel good about Crosby. That dude is 6'9", 250 and playing hockey? He's yeah, six he's, foot, like, he's, foot, he's six foot nine without the skates. Yeah, he's like seven two on skates. Yeah, brother, you could have been in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> How did you not know that, man? How do you? Was one of the, well, look, one of the I I, I know there's there. some big I know there's some big guys and there's some really small guys in hockey. I like I know there's guys yeah, that are like, like five foot eight, one hundred and seventy. No, far the largest dude in the okay. NHL. But I mean, at the same time, like, good lord, my guy, you are a power forward. Yeah. Look at <laughs> look at the NBA contracts that are going on right now. You could have had that. Yeah. There's no way you're getting paid that much in the NHL. But, um, yeah. Do y'all want to? What do y'all want to talk about in the NHL? Because I know you, so, you two were kind of all right, blind so to, compared to me. So to explain this to our listeners, and I want to make sure that I'm getting this right too, because not obviously not everybody follows hockey, but there's 16 teams that go into the playoffs now in hockey. I know they changed mm-hmm. it last year. Yes. They changed it last year, um, and this year is a little bit different just because of COVID. Canada um, was not allowing. Sports. Canada right? was like, you're not coming in and out of the country. We're just not allowing it. So a lot of these teams that were in Canada, well, not a lot of teams, a few teams that were in Canada moved to United States venues and houses, Facility, like yeah. facilities and stuff like that. And so they actually even had to change up the how the, the uh, actual divisions were set up as well. Okay. So they did. I think they also changed the amount of uh, playoff spots as well. I don't think it was related, but it just happened to fall together. Okay. Because so so I know there's – from each division essentially? There's, well, actually, yeah, now that makes sense. It does make sense. It's four from each division now. Um, Being the Central, East, West, and North. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting 16 teams now. Okay. Because what I thought it was was it was the top three in each division, or thought of what I read said top three in each division, and then two of the highest overalls from there. So essentially, you could have five teams from the North and three teams from the West, and that makes up the eight of the 16 from that side of the NHL, that yeah, conference so, in the so NHL. So I think, I think it's how it, it was before, but I think with the COVID. And it's just four and four. It's four, it's four okay. throughout. Yeah. It's, cool. It's four from the, the four conferences. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, the only team, the only, con- the only division that is locked up their playoff spots is the East, um, which has got the Capitals, the Penguins, the Bruins, and the Islanders. Everyone else needs to be eliminated. From my research, I would say that's the best conference in hockey or the best division in hockey. I would say yes, well, most well-rounded. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Between not, those top four teams, there's not much separation whatsoever. Say, what okay. is it, three games? Yeah. Total, you got a 52? Yeah. What, no? 30, I mean, 30, you, 30, you, 30, you, 30, you can even just like look at the, the, the points, the points alone. Yeah. 
the Capitals leading at 71, and then the Islanders bringing up last at 67. Four points difference. That's nothing. It's two games. From one to four, yeah, that's that's so minute. And when what it comes is it, three for a win, one for a tie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, essentially you could make that four points up in two games. Yeah. It's also the only division in hockey that currently has three teams with 30 wins, or four teams with 30 wins in it. Yeah. Like the, the conference, the uh, Central has – three teams with 35 wins and then the rest of them have like mid twenties. Right. So that's why I would, that's why just from looking at it, especially on paper, I would say the East the is well-rounded. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which also makes it one of those things where it's like, we've seen, especially if you're like you're football fans or baseball fans, you're the SEC. You're going to be playing those people from that division multiple times. Yeah. And if you be, if that whole division's winning that many games, that just shows that they're literally just beating the hell out of each other. They're, yeah, they're just it's so yeah. Come playoff time, a weaker division could stand a little bit better chance. It, they could, but if the right team comes out of the East, it's oh yeah, gonna be should I be. Think, I think the I think the actual division that's gonna be gonna be tough to beat is um Toronto and Edmonton coming out of the North. I mean, they haven't even logged the third and fourth seed, but I don't think it's gonna fucking matter. Yeah, I think those two teams. That's gonna be Toronto and Edmonton coming out of the North Championship, and then. They're going to be the team to beat from that side of the bracket. I got you. Okay. Um, so do you, do we know? Is it like from what I saw? I could east. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I think it's north mm-hmm. and central on one side and east and west on the other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so but the way they restructured everything this year, it's kind of got me confused. I looked for as hard as I could find, and I actually saw like an actual like prediction of a playoff bracket, and it showed north, central, and then east, west on the other side. I got you. Okay. So I guess. For me, I guess the four teams I'm kind of seeing making it out of, I guess, the, the four Their respective win- division. Yeah. Would be, I think Vegas is going to win the West. That's a sleeper pick, though, would be the Wild. I do. Hey, like- fun fact Vegas has made the playoff every year they've existed. Was Not four years now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but still, I mean, don't they knock would- my fact. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, they they've been a well. Vegas has team. been a they've been a very respectable team. Yeah. Yes. And but it's just the way also, that the NHL handled the expansion. The I way mean, they handled the way the NHL handled the expansion was perfect. They gave everybody basically a shot at one player from every team. And then what Vegas did was they took a bunch of middle of the road players and bought that them could into work a system. together and brought them together. And they when since they all worked together, it just created this one magnificent team. That working in unison. Do you miss your old goalie? He's. A, I a, really do, man. Because after we've gone mm-hmm, through our goalie drama, mm-hmm. and he's still in the playoff hunt, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like Pittsburgh was like. Well, granted, they, you know getting, they thought Murray was the answer. Murray yeah. was also like ten years younger. Like, yeah. Why would you not bet on that guy? Yeah. But it was like the moment out. we got through to Flurry, Murray Murray was just like didn't pan out. Hey, I'm gonna win you like sixty percent, seventy percent, and then we're just like, yeah, but we're used to you know like. 75 to 80 or maybe with Flurry. It kind of it hurt Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I don't know. So coming out of the West, like I said, I think Vegas is gonna win it, but I, I do I, I like the sleeper pick of the wild. Wild, I've I've always liked them too as a as a team. That's that's very possible with Minnesota. Um, the North. Um I yeah, you I, I can't pick I don't know, Toronto. It's rough, man, because the North like the Oilers and the Leafs literally have some like the most efficient goal scorers on those two teams. Like it's I, just it's I just know I mean, anytime I've ever played like NHL the game, like if I got the Leafs, I was never bad at it. So that's yeah, who I, that's who I'm going with. All right. Okay. 
Um, ooh, I don't like any of – oh, I know I'm not picking the Blue Wings out of spite towards Brett just because he's well, – he Shout big, out to Brett Ebner. <laughs> he was a big <laughs> Blue Wings fan, so we always had to hear about it. So Nobody not, likes Boston. Um, either love Boston or hate them. I don't, I'm not a big fan of any of the top three teams, so I'm going with the Islanders. You're going with the fourth seed out of the East right now. If, the, if hockey ended right now, you're going with the fourth seed. Okay. Yeah, didn't. But I mean, last, last year's playoffs, all the upsets happened. Hey, last year's, I think it was last year. It was last year where Pittsburgh and Toronto. They were like, these would be the two teams. And was it was it Toronto last year? They no, it was like, Tampa. It was Tampa. Sorry, yeah, yeah Tampa. And Pittsburgh were coming out hot. Tampa was coming out like super freaking hot. It, Tampa had lost like lost, like eleven games or something. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, a ridiculous amount. Yeah, and then both Pittsburgh and Tampa ended up getting swept, swept in the first, the first round. round. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm going with it again though. Like I'm not a fan of the Capitals. Like they got good players. I'm just not a fan, mainly because of their fan base too. They just I feel the like the Capitals have a lot of just across the board just well-rounded players. So yeah, and then games. um. Just a deep-seated hatred for Pittsburgh. And oh being, being, a ca- being, a, being a Cowboys fan, being a, being a Dallas professional sports fan, I can understand it. So yeah, just so we're going with the Islanders. That's <laughs> that Dallas Pittsburgh rivalry right there. So uh, I, I was going to. I was going to. I was going to ask him if he can actually name the mascot of the Dallas hockey team without looking, but I realize it's, it's like Stars. it's right there in front of him too. It's like right, literally well, in the no, division. The Dallas Stars is well known. Okay. I mean, yeah, it was the Dallas. I mean, I you do know, know what it was before it was just the Stars. Yeah. That was in when, uh, like, I remember playing like '09 NHL, and that was yeah. It was they were the Detroit. North Stars, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Before they moved, interesting. Um, and then I like the Lightning, and I would like to see the Panthers kind of make a run at it because I feel like they've been bad for so long now that they're number two in the Central. Yeah. That- so like, with the Central here, it's very interesting because the Hurricanes are obviously just like looking at their record. Yeah. Very, very high. But when it comes to playoff experience, Very. I don't think they've got enough to carry them. Like you're the you're the you're the hot team on the block, but playoff hockey's a whole different world, man. I just don't think they're gonna have enough to carry them through. Um out of the central, I think I think Tampa Bay is gonna pull it off because I think they're just gonna try to like experience you. They're experienced, yeah. but I think they're also just pissed off with that bitter taste in their mouth. Oh from yeah, last year. Re- revenge you know, from last like, year. They've got that revenge mindset. Who do you who do you think makes this fourth seed though out of the central between Dallas and Nashville? It's gotta be Nashville, right? It's only what, one game separation? With ten to go. Yeah. No, there's or ten days to go. Ten days to but go. But there's only like, on their schedules. Yeah. But I think Dallas has two or three more games than Nashville does because of during the season COVID. Yeah. Will... Dallas, I think Dallas has a genuine shot because depending on who they're playing their schedule, um, most of those teams are going to take days off. They're going to be they, they may have their their main skaters out there, but they're really out there just in a practice mindset, not a let's win this game mindset. Yeah. You know? so for like like Dallas, this is a. When we go to the playoffs, but I where think, everybody else, and so same for Nashville. Like Nashville's got to be in that same mindset of we have to go out and win I'm gonna, to make the playoffs. If not, I will be sitting watching Dallas at. But home. I'm I'm gonna call it Nashville secures the playoff spot by one point. Mm. One point. Mm. Nashville's think, gonna squeak it, it out. Do you think it's gonna come down to like last game of the? Of the I think year? it's gonna be like one of these teams watching the other team's last game, like. Trying to figure this out. is if we go or not. Yeah, damn, that'd be um, awesome. And see, that's that's just I, it, like that stuff happens in baseball all the time. When it comes, oh yeah, like, yeah. like they're in, they're literally in the clubhouse, like watching the game. Um, I think that's going to be the same thing that happens. Um, 
I think Tampa Bay is going to take the central. Out of the east, I'm going to have to go Pittsburgh. I'm a Pittsburgh <laughs> fan. Out of the north, I'm I'm an Oilers fan, man. I was looking at like a lot of the stuff that are individual player stats and stuff like that, and I think the Oilers are going to be a good sleeper. Vegas is taking the West. No, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, Ooh. I think that's what's going to happen there. Interesting. I think. So I then my, I, if you're like, yeah, the Hurricanes look like a good bet, but I think if you wanted to go for like an underdog bet on winning it all, I would say the Oilers. That'd be my like. You put like fifty dollars down and win like a couple grand. Yeah, it's the Oilers. I got all right. I, I, I was going to say, what do you think the 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 teams that come out of the North versus the Central? Are going to be the teams to beat. So it's either going to be it's going to be either Edmonton or Tampa Bay winning it all. So like everybody's sleeping on the Hurricanes because I feel like the Hurricanes have the best record. They've got the best record in hockey. Playoff hockey is just so different, man. It's just it's just that mentality that you're. So I I was about to say. So you saying who you calling in the finals and then who you calling winning it? So in the finals, it's going to be if it is the actual true North versus Central coming out of one side. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay making it to the finals. And then now the East and the West matchup, if that's how it lays out, I think Vegas. Okay. I think Vegas will Vegas will get through. Um, fan favorite, I would love to see Vegas win it. Um, but I say because they – did they make the – Yeah, the their, their, first, their first year in existence, they made the, they made the NHL finals. Okay. But they didn't they win losing, it. They ended yeah. up losing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I say, did you I, give your predictions no, on who? I did, I, okay. um, so North Central coming it out of that's again if that's how it lays out. Yeah, if it doesn't, it, we'll go to Instagram but corrections. Yeah, if it comes out that way, I'm gonna go with the leaves coming out of out of that side. Out of the north. And then going yeah. past the central teams as well. Yeah, yeah. North, like, north, like Toronto the winning the north and they're also beating the central yeah, yeah. to go to the finals. Yeah. Okay. The leaves are in the finals play in oh It's probably going to be like, I think it's probably going to be either the Capitals, Pittsburgh, or Boston. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> well, of those three, which one do you want to see win? Say that's not really narrowed it down there. Uh, I would probably see Washington. Okay, Washington. If, of of those three, as much as I want to like hate to admit it, it's not like Washington lost a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, the, from fourteen two, games. Yeah. <laughs> Or I mean, yeah. Well, from their players. from their championship team yeah. to now, it's, they lost a few players, but it's not like they lost the key guys, you know. Yeah. So I think um, so. Washington leaves in the finals, and I'm going to get uh, and the trophy's going up north. It's going, it's to, going the to the Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. Wow. Taking it back to Canada. Yep. Unfortunately. Okay. How long has it been since Canada won a Stanley Cup? It's been a while, hasn't it? Vancouver, it has been. Was Vancouver the last team? I think it was the Canucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look it on my phone, Chris, while you uh, run through your predictions. Yeah, so I'm actually not very far off of Alex. Um, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with Nashville winning the Central. I was gonna go with Washington winning the Nashville East. Winning the Central. Or sorry, Tampa oh, winning the Central. My bad. My bad. My bad. They're not even um, in there yet. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Woo. Playing games. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Uh, okay. But uh, you know, Tampa winning Put the money Central. On that right there. Yeah. Playing hockey. Yeah, I might have just spoke the future. Um, but Tampa winning the that central would be ecstatic if that happened. Yeah, I don't even wanna. Uh Tampa winning the central, Washington winning the east, Toronto winning the west, or not the west, sorry, the north, 
and then um, Vegas actually winning the West. And I have Vegas and Washington, or not, sorry, not Vegas, Washington, Toronto and Vegas facing off. And uh, I would say that Vegas is going to win it. But that's just based off of statistical numbers. Again, that's just, you know, what's on paper. Okay. I mean, but, for me and you, so we that's were, what we got. I'm going to have to stop us. We were wrong. 2020 was when Tampa Bay did win it. I think it was 2019 when Pittsburgh and Tampa got swept in the first round. Oh, okay. I, said, I thought, I was about to say, I thought Tampa just won it. Yeah, Tampa Bay did win it. It was the year um, the Capitals won it, is when Pittsburgh and Tampa got swept. Dang, that's been, can't believe that's been two years. But yeah. our, uh, our other relative hockey expert, the one that's actually played professional hockey, um, Trevor Johnson. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Said I want to know what he picked. Washington was going to win it all. Okay. He also likes Colorado's chances, who, who's underneath Vegas out there in the, uh, in, the in the West. So, the uh, Avalanche. Yeah, the guy that's actually played professional hockey, you know. Yeah. So he might know a little bit more than, than me, at least. Oh, Wait, I'm all wrong. 2019, the Blues won the Cup. And yeah. 2018, the Capitals won it. Yeah. Okay. Now, last year, Tampa Bay won it. So maybe it was when the Blues won in 2019 is when Tampa. Oh, we, oh, we that was when Tampa Pittsburgh got swept. Okay, yeah. yeah. So okay. Because the Capitals went through Pittsburgh to win theirs. That's right. So, so we were going for the looking? three-peat, and that made it even more goddamn bitter because <laughs> we were going for the three-peat. And then the fucking Vetchkin's little Russian bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, so who was the last Canadian team to win it? I'm looking it up. Probably in the, the 90s. Whole point of you looking it up. I know, but I, was, I, got into the, I got into the hole of uh, – Dude, it's wild. It's a wild. It's like 91, I think. Yeah. No, Montreal Canadiens in 1993. 93. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't far for a non-hockey guy. Just saying. The books hadn't even won one yet. No, they've got them. But I meant in, in recent history. No. Actually, I don't know if they've got one. Because the Montreal Canadiens, they were dominant for the longest time. I forget what the dude's name is that played there for Montreal. He played for like 40 years. I remember when you thought this was going to be a, a short talk right here at the NHL? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you want to know the, my, the, the team I hate to uh, if, see do bad, though? If someone gave you $50 to name every single NHL team, they'll give you 30 seconds to look over this. Do you think you could? I could get close. You get I, close. I think yeah. I, how many is it? 30, 30 teams? It's 30 teams. 30, yeah. Or 31. No, you're right. With Vegas, it's yeah. 31. Yeah, I think I could get close. Oh, they're adding the Kraken. They're making it 32. They're yeah. adding the Seattle Kraken. But no. Uh, That's going to be my hockey team, by the way. Saying it on video right no, now Vancouver here. Vancouver has never won a Stanley Cup. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Uh, San Jose <laughs> Sharks. I've also, really, I've also always liked the San Jose Sharks. San Jose was really big when, um, when the Penguins won their back-to-back. We all, it's like we always had to meet San Jose somewhere. That was because I remember there was always a guy, like I said, this was like 08, 09 NHL game, whatever it was, that was on San Jose, began with an M. Can't remember his last name again, just but was fantastic on the game. I was like, pretty good team. I was never <laughs> mad when, when I got to play with San Jose. No. I'm I'm on video. Seattle Kraken will be my, my hockey NHL team. NHL team. Yeah, they'll be my uh, official. Will you, will you get more involved in? No, probably not, but they're just, I mean, they're going to be, be yeah, so I'm saying it right here before the team's ever even played a game in case they ever win a championship in the future. They're my team. So I'm wanting to say the famous, famous hockey player I'm thinking of for the Canadian Habs was, uh, so yeah, they're actually called the Montreal Canadiens, but like the little like H they get is like the Habs. It's like their little like, yeah, the nickname for the ethnic 
people of the Montreal area. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's Maurice Richard that rocked it. Yeah, that dude played for ever the longest time ever. Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, we can go ahead. Yeah. Probably just do rat draft recap, then do the final bear. Yeah. Yeah. How long did he play? Hold on, I'm looking Hold this on, up. Look at this up. Here, you entertain. Yeah, he played from 1942 to all the way to 1960. Holy mess. I say, do you? 18 years. I mean, it's not that much, I but say, he played what a is, long time. What is the longest, like, hockey um, uh, one career? Of the, it's actually one of the guys that played for the Boston Whalers. He played for... He like went from the time of like no helmets to like helmets with face masks. Like he he played like, like years. he played through like generations of hockey. So I mean, um, I would say because what is his name? He actually I think he actually played with the Sun at one point in time. Longest NHL career? Is that what you're looking up? Yeah, um, Gordy Howe. That's exactly who I was thinking of. He played 26 seasons. Holy mess. Yeah. What was the other guy? What was the one above him? 22 seasons? Uh, Patrick Marleau. Uh, There's other guys. Yeah, I mean, Yarmir Yager wait. played for 24. He just retired recently. He, he retired like three years ago, right? Yager, well, he didn't really retire. He moved to like foreign leagues. He's not okay. in the NHL, but he's like Look in up Europe Patrick Marleau. Like see if that guy is the one. That, maybe I think he is the guy I'm thinking of that used to play for San Jose. That sounds right now that you say that name. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Played for the longest time. Yep. But that was, yeah. Playing with him on, like, whatever, what, like I said, 08, 09, 2010, something like that, was was pretty awesome. He was pretty solid player. Yeah, so Gordy Howe played for – he played for the Red Wings. Um, did go to the – yeah, he, he was up there with the New England Whalers, the Hartford Whalers, when all that stuff was going on up there, and that team went away. Um and then moved down to like the Detroit Vipers and stuff. So I believe he actually played with his son. He retired multiple times. Oh, okay. He's one of those guys. So he would retire, come back, retire. He retired in 45. He, re- he went from 1945 to 71, retired in 71, came back in 73, played till 1980, retired. And then for whatever reason, came back in 1997. That sounds like 97 sounds like he would come back to play. Like be just, just one year. Yeah, he came back and played one year. Yeah, it sounds like he would. There was somebody he wanted to play with, or somebody was like, "Hey, I respect your game. You want to come back for one year?" Yeah, he was. Um, he actually became the namesake uh, for the Gordy Howe hat trick, where he had to have a goal assist in a fight in one game. I, you know what? I feel like that could be yeah. easily obtained. Yeah, he only. Well, he actually. He according to this, he only recorded two such games in his career, but. Um, but I feel like like. If if that was the case, I would go off a whip and just try to try to start a fight. Yeah. But first thing, just go ahead, get that out the way. Go ahead, serve your time, and now I got what is it, twenty minute periods, right? Yeah. So I said, so I got uh, sixty minutes. So I got forty five minutes essentially to play. My, you know, of course, you know, minus sitting out because of line changes and whatnot. But you got forty five minutes worth of game time to then get a a goal and assist. And I guess if you ate one of the goal scorers on your team, then might you know, it should be a lot easier. It sounds a lot easier, I guess, than what it really is. Yeah, so Gordy Howe Gordy Howe actually played with his like two of his sons. That's awesome. In the NHL. That's awesome. Yeah. 
that's like um what people think uh, LeBron and LeBron Jr. is going to actually play together if LeBron what senior plays long enough they'll actually I think he will be, they should be in a league together. That's yeah. if LeBron Jr. is good enough to go from high school to NBA. But is that a thing still? Can you? I didn't think. Oh no, I'm not an NBA guy. I, say, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think it, they're I think making you. Right. I think you are making you, you at least to, do one year yeah. of college. You have to be a one and done. Because if you don't, then you have to attend like I think it's like three years. Hey, Chris, in the NBA, do you can you go from high school to pros, or do you have to do one year in college? You have to do one year in college. Okay. They're they're getting ready. Actually, I take that back. I'm sorry. They've changed that in the last two years. So basically, now you can actually well, leave contract. Right? You can take yeah. a G League contract. You do have to play in the G League for one year, just like you would be doing for you know going college, to college, yeah. and you're getting paid like thirty five grand. It's not it's not it's very special. much at all. Yeah, nothing special. But but then you're you know immediately going up the very next year, basically, or you're spending another year in the G League. It, it, it all depends on how good you are. But yeah, You might as well just go to college at that point in time just make the namesake. You know, that, people are going to know college players better than they know G League players. Absolutely. Exactly. That's what people are basically saying is, you know, if you're a good enough player like a Zion Williamson or someone of that caliber, you're going to go to college. You're going to probably go to a pretty good team, or, you know, even if you don't go to a Oh, yeah, because you're going to be highly well, some people, like, even if you don't go to Duke, right, like, you can go to a Wichita State, let's say. So and a team that should make a tournament. Exactly. After, based off of your conference, you should be making the tournament. Well, not only that, I mean, uh, that's a team where, let's say, if you're, you know, let's say, I don't, I don't want to say top 25. So, let's say you're not a top 25 recruit. You're n- number 37 or something, right? Yeah. Instead of going to Duke, you're basically the number three player, probably starting off the bench, depending on if the guy you know that's ahead of you in the same position is is a you know highly touted player as well. But if you go to Wichita State, you go score 15 points a game, you know, grab a couple rebounds, assists, whatever, depending on your position, you're actually going to be able to essentially up make a name stock. up your draft stock, make a namesake. Your team's probably going to make the tournament. You're going to get a first round game. It's going to be on TV. People get to kind of see you in that moment, and then boom. So. Um, you know, much like uh, I can't think of the kid's name right now. I think it's Quisenard. That's for Oklahoma Quisenard? for Oklahoma State, not South Carolina, but oh, okay. uh, for Oklahoma State, played out there with Mike Boynton. Uh, I mean, the kid, you know, is a six six shooting guard. Went to Oklahoma State instead of going to a Duke, or Kentucky, or whatever, and you know, became a star player there. And not you the know, Cunningham kid. Cunningham, that's what Kate it is. Cunningham, yeah, yeah, yep. And you know, made a made a real namesake for him there, oh, and yeah, then dude, he lit it up this year. Exactly, and now he's you know getting ready to get drafted in the first round. So, you ready, fam? Nice little quick break there in the middle of the show, but um, give yeah, him a chance. For those to come that are just listening, you got ex- uh, exclusive content if you can go <laughs> yeah. listen to the pod podcast. Yeah, a little extra content, so. Yeah. Um, as soon as he sits down. All right. So NFL draft recap, obviously, uh, we, you know, we made our mock draft. Um, I felt a little more confident in us than, than, uh, I told us, you said 15. Uh, I felt confident. I thought 15. we were going Four, uh, 14, 14 and a half was the line. So 14 and under 15 or more. And I mean, I that's, said, that's I less than, that's us thing. That's basically us getting less than 44% of the draft. I said, yeah, you I know, said we just had to get forty four percent of the draft right. I said less than fourteen and a half. Y'all two both went. Yeah, over. we both went over. Yeah, and it didn't work right. out for us taking. It wasn't. Over. It wasn't just us either. I mean, there was like a thirty six percent group of people that said, "Hey, you know, I think they're going to go over. I think they're okay, going to make yeah. that." So it wasn't just Alex and I, but uh, 
Um, of those who voted, 36. It's just it's hard with the NFL draft because there's so many random trades that happen. Well, that's the thing. Like this year, it was kind of interesting. This year, people were saying like, uh, you know, the line was a little bit higher. There's typically two trades in the first round. I think is what the average is what I heard. And this year there was five. And and people actually kind of called that going into it. There was a three and a half line on the trade bet. Like the actual bet in Vegas was three and a half trades. So um, if you took the over, congratulations, you won money. Uh, it's just like little things that happen. Like um, it was fairly obvious Dallas's first pick in the first round was going to be a corner, some sort of corner. Yeah. For the two teams before them drafted the two corners that Dallas was eyeing, and then Dallas was like, you know what? Screw this pick. We're trading. We're going to try to get something. They just you tried to recover. Well, kind of do damage control. Well, so we didn't. I don't think yeah. we would. We did damage control. We traded back because we knew we could still get who we wanted. I don't think you knew who you wanted. Just from an outside perspective, I think that Dallas made that move because Philadelphia called and said, hey, we're interested in moving up. We really want to go get Devonta Smith. And you guys, you know, we're probably planning on taking Sertan or Horn. We're probably happy with either one of them and yeah. said, you know what, fine. That gives us a little bit more time to figure out who we well, want. So, I mean, at, and at this point, at that point in time, I would, at that point, uh, Panay Sewell was off the board. Oh, yeah. Slater was off the board. So, like, the two top offensive linemen were also off the board. Mm -hmm. The top two corners we were probably looking at were off the board. And so, at that point, Chris texted me was like, hey, how do you think y'all about taking a linebacker? I was like, we don't need it. And I'll be damned if at the 12th pick we didn't take Michael yeah. Parsons. Parsons. Yeah. Who yeah, we were Parsons. drooling over in we our were, last video, by the way. I think that was a great pickup for you guys. Yeah. Which, on I mean, paper, if you, if you had on to go paper defensive now, player, if you had to go yeah. defensive player, that's a great pickup. Well, on paper, they said this is probably the best defensive player in this draft. It is. It is. It's and, not. It's not a question to me. And so, but now, if you look at our, the Dallas linebacking core, on paper, we probably have the best and quickest linebacker core in the league. Well, now that the man of glass is retired. Well, Sean wasn't in that. I mean, it was <laughs> Mr. Mr. Concussion is gone. Well, we replaced Mr. Hamstring with Mr. Boatneck in Vanderesh. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. you got a lot. Of, I mean, you got a lot of talent at linebacker, and I mean, I think that's kind of one of the reasons that Dallas one was comfortable. I tell you, Slater wasn't off the board by then. By the way, Slater went at eleven. So, um, yeah, we picked at twelve. Yeah, but I mean, at ten, oh, you could have took what? him if y'all were interested. Yeah, I don't yeah. think y'all are. I don't think Jerry Jones and the and company were ever interested in offensive linemen. Not till late. Based off the way we drafted, it looks like defense was our focus this draft because we only took uh, we took a receiver and I think two offensive linemen, yeah. one out of Marshall and then one late in the round. You took the boy Izzy Aquamu, took the boy in the sixth round, six oh, four. They, I'm telling you right now, this guy like Israel is, is cool and all, but the man has been literally avoiding playing safety. His entire life, he's going to be playing safety, and he's going to be playing for safety for Dallas. I mean, yeah. he 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 chose South Carolina because Will Muschamp told him he could play corner, and then, you know, we let him play corner, and then he learns how to play safety a little bit this past year because of you know hamstring injuries and stuff like that, and then finally, I mean, hate to say it, they're switching that man to a safety, and he could be a really good safety. I mean, he's six I mean, four, two twelve. Yeah, like he's a big boy. He he could be a really good safety. So. He, he's a big corner would make I think a very good. Stronger free safety. But yeah, so over under was 14 and a half. Ended up with only getting six right. Um, we look like some idiots, but it's okay. Say, so we got what? The first two right? We got the first two right. Uh, they we you, we said a lot of things. Like we said in our in the video, you can go back and watch it. We got evidence of it. We said it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Ended up being Trey Lance. 
We said when we got to five, it's Penny Sewell or it's Jamar Chase. You know, the thing was trending that Jamar Chase was starting to become the the or hot the name Chase. just because of the Joe Burrow connection. Jamar Chase goes right. But we, went, we, we went with Penny Sewell. We yeah. well in our mock draft because yeah. of the because of us looking at no, the I'm other just experts. Saying, like, we we said it was gonna be one of the two, but we just those those two picks back to back. We gave you two options for each one. Yeah. We end up just picking the wrong option. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we got to we got to six, and we said, you know, I said that I didn't think there was a any way in the world Penny Sewell was getting past six at Miami, because I mean, Tua needs a left tackle, yeah. and well, if it wasn't because they, they traded away, well, they, I thought they picked up um, was it Tunsil, Lammy Tunsil? Yeah, they did. But um, Mr. Gas Mass is pretty much not as good as people thought he was, but. Uh, I mean, we, it's a we, good reference right there. Everybody understands. Yeah, if you if you don't understand, yeah. um, it, it, it did go viral on Twitter again. Come draft day last literally, week, literally, yeah, did it really? Yeah, yeah. It, it popped back up on Twitter. Yeah. So and they're like, dude's not gonna be able to live that one now. They're like, throwback. Let's think about Lammy Tunsil today. <laughs> it was his picture. Whoo, um, yeah, struggling. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we, you know, I said I wouldn't say he's struggling, but <laughs> I, I said you know I didn't think his it, character's struggling. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we thought it, you know, there's no way Penny Sewell gets past six and, or, you know, it was going to be Devonta Smith ended up being Jalen Waddle. I mean, they like Jalen Waddle better than Devonta Smith for Miami. And I mean, that's a, you know, Tua played with both of them. Tua probably has a pretty good perspective of who he wants. So, yeah. um, but you know, I think the shock was really that the Panthers drafted JC Horn. I mean, that was kind as of the first corner or, yeah. or the first defensive yeah, player as DB one first defensive player. Yeah. Um, it was also earlier in the first round than anybody expected to see a defensive player like that to go. Yeah, I mean, there's so many need. It like, like it almost kind of like that. I want to know what the Panthers saw. Like, I'm not saying Jesse Horn is a bad player at all. I'm just saying it was just it. They may have jumped the gun by like a few picks, but if they wanted a DB, that was the only one shot to do it. Yeah, I, listening to a little bit of the radio, uh, you know, following the the first round that very next day, that Friday, it was like. Uh, you know, people said that you can really tell that the teams didn't get to interact with players as much. Like, obviously, we didn't have the combine, so you didn't get to have all of these players, you know, yeah, in front yeah. of. So it's basically, you know, coaches and scouts and who got to put eyes on players and the people that you felt comfortable. Like, if you saw them in person, you felt comfortable drafting them in the first round, yeah. and that's what you saw basically happen with a lot like, of these teams. Um, a few years ago, I want to say it was Miles Garrett, but I could be wrong. When uh. Belichick was talking to the player at the combine. And he was coaching him through the thing, and it was one of the linemen. And he was like, "Man, uh, you're a hell of a player. Ain't no way in hell I'm uh, seeing no, you was, back at thirty. No, it was uh, like Mike that. Tomlin to Chase Young. It was Mike Tomlin to Chase Young at Washington. He said, "That's I, what it was." Yeah, Mike, Mike said, "Mike said, I hope I'm never in a position to draft a player of your like, caliber." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes, that, those interactions when they're all together. The but you that can was get like, a more accurate representation of when players are going to go because. But that was like during the season, know. though. That was yeah. during the season when that interaction occurred. No, see, there's no. Like, something different. Bill, Bill Belichick no. also said the same thing. I'm gonna look it up. Mike know, Tomlin and Chase Young had the same. Oh, you're Mike right. Tomlin. You are right. That was that was during the season. Yeah, it was. He, it was something that Bill said. I think Bill said it to one of the quarterbacks that was like throwing around. I think it might have been Andrew Luck he was talking to. But yeah, he. But yeah, Tomlin said the thing to Chase Young. He was like, uh, "Yeah, pretty much saying, I'm hope I'm never." Yeah, because I yeah. like him run over and he was like, I hope I'm in a position to draft somebody like you, man. Yeah. Not saying yeah, not saying he's like not saying because he's a bad player, but saying my team finished so bad I could get somebody as good. Yeah, as my you. team, my <laughs> team has to win basically three games yeah. for me to be able to get somebody of that yeah. caliber. But 
I mean, I mean, you saw like Matt Rule came down to South Carolina and watched J.C. Horn. I don't think he actually got to see Patrick Sertan in person. Mm-hmm. So he felt more comfortable with J.C. Horn. He put eyes on that guy. Same thing, and this is still not a great pick for me. I thought this is the biggest reach of all. But the Alex Leatherwood pick at 17 for the Raiders, I mean. But yet, and yet somehow they turned around <laughs> in round number two and still got Trayvon Moyg, the safety. Yeah, I mean. they Because they, they, I guess what everybody was saying was Leatherwood was probably a second-round guy. Yeah, absolutely. And most people were saying Trayvon was a first-round guy. Like he was going to be the first safety taken. And nobody took a safety in the entire first round. So, um, I mean, a lot, you know, several corners ended up going, but it was just, you know, it was it was interesting. It was interesting how you know some of this kind of played out compared to the experts. So next year, come next year, I really think we'll sit down and we'll make our own. We'll just you know, our own mock draft. Yeah, we'll we'll figure. You know, we'll put it in our own perspective because obviously we can do just as good as the professionals can because the, pro- I I mean- the professionals basically got six right. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, any like well, we we also did call what the Teddy Bridgewater trade out of Carolina. We did call the Teddy Bridgewater trade. I think that was Alex actually that personally said there's no way that the Panthers are going to hold on to all of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I said there's only, the only reason they're doing that is because it's trade bait. It's for something. I think I think trade bait is the actual word. Yeah, yeah. I said. In the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I remember us talking that you know Teddy could be on the way out with Sam Darnold and them potentially wanting. And then to what bring was it in. the day before the draft? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Before the draft. Yeah. And I mean the Jets ended up trading like the we were pretty hot on the Greg Newsom pick and the Jets ended up trading back, I think, if I remember right. And uh and Cleveland ended up taking Greg Newsom. So I mean he still went first round, kind of where we thought he was gonna go. We nailed the Pittsburgh pick. I mean, we said it was Najee Harris, and I mean that was pick I mean, it was one of twenty-four. Things. So yeah. yeah, it was one of those things like with that we knew at twenty-four Pittsburgh was drafting, and Did- we talked about on the sh- we talked about on the show and we talked about before going into it, watching it in my house, we were like, if it gets to pick what, like 19 or 18, and he's not gone, there's no chance he's getting picked because the teams between 18 and 24, yeah, didn't they, need they, they all didn't had, need they needed something other than running back. They did not need a running back. Yeah, there was no so what? If, um, did we get the Kawiti Pay pick? Right? Do we remember? Or did he go later than we? No, we, we had close, we? we had him going. Uh, in the 20s, though, right? No, we had him going to the Vikings, and uh, and the Vikings ended up trading back, and uh, Quiddy ended up getting picked by uh, Indianapolis. We said that Indy was going to take a defensive end. We said it was going to be Russo from Miami. It ended up being Quiddy Pay. Gotcha. Yeah, but when uh, we said Quiddy was going to go, what what number was it when we said it? It was 13. He ended up going. He went in the 20s, I thought. 19. 21. 21. Yeah. 21, okay, 21. so he did fall a little bit more. Than yeah, he, he fell a bit. He pulled a Brady yeah. Quinn. And, and it, I mean, what ended up happening is that Jay, <laughs> Brady Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't pull Brady Jesus. Quinn. He's going to be better than Brady Quinn. Um, ever have been. What, what ended up happening, basically, is that we uh, – you saw – and most of those defensive ends were very interchangeable. It was kind of depending on what team liked them the best. You ended up seeing Jalen Phillips go a little bit higher. Um, you know, Greg Russo went, and, and then Quiddy Pay went, and – uh, surprisingly, I mean, Zach Collins actually went a little bit higher than we were projecting him. We had him going to Green oh. Bay later, and you know, Collins went 16 at, at Arizona. The, so the best thing watching it with Christian and Zach, both of them being Green Bay fans. Oh, my God. I'm were, so sorry. They were both in the living room saying – I've got so many questions for Zach on his professional sports. Any Anything – but a corner, anything but a DB, anything, <laughs> literally anything. They would, it could have been a kicker, and they would have been, on, you know, they would have been. What do they do? They take Eric, Eric Stokes, Stokes out of Georgia. And Georgia. what's the saddest part? He's not even the Stokes. best corner out of Georgia alone. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> immediately, like the the thing about think about Jacksonville. 
the moment Jackson, the moment the first round ended, Jacksonville was like, "Yep, we're taking Tyson Campbell. We're done. All right, we'll just go to bed, guys. We'll we'll go ahead and play in our third round pick." I mean, it was immediately they they were like, "All right, this guy this guy felt." I mean, not only Green Bay didn't choose the best corner on the board, they didn't choose the best corner from the same damn school. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, they they wanted anything but a corner, and I'll be damned if they did. And I laughed <laughs> so hard when Eric. Came on, and they were like, "Well, fuck!" And just turned the TV off and walked out. I mean, it's what was it then? It's bad. We it's kinda, it's we bad for to, Green we were Bay. Devin a little bit of crap about Cleveland. Oh, because Cleveland Devin did the same thing the first round too, didn't they? No, no, no. I mean, they kind of did what De- Devin wanted uh, a lot. Like Devin wanted Zach Collins, which was never going to happen. Yeah. And then he wanted Jeremiah Owesu, uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, who we also did have going in the first round, but ended up falling to the second round. Come on, uh, yeah, uh, Jeremiah Komoe Waisu or whatever. Yeah. It's a three letter, three hyphen Kuomoa. name. Well, Devin also um, wanted the damn Penn State. Oh, Michael, Ka- yeah, he wanted Michael, Ka- Michael Pearsons. <laughs> we, were, we were like, there's no shot in hell he's falling all yeah. the way back. There. I was like, Michael Devin, Parsons. Devin, this uh, guy Michael is, Parsons was not going past the I was, 20th. I, when <laughs> Dallas got, when it got a 10, I told Devin, I was sitting right next to him, I said, Dallas will take this man. No, no, they're not taking, they're not taking this man, blah, blah, blah. And they traded back. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they're not. Get back at 12, I was like, Nah, no, nah, Dallas is probably actually taking this guy. I mean, there was no way this guy's falling to 26. And then he's he's praising for Zach Collins. He wants to rush outside linebacker for Tulsa. I'm like, Devin, that man's going 16 to Arizona. Like, I actually stood there as Arizona got ready to pick. I was like, they're taking Zach Collins. It made sense. He's a 3-4 rush outside linebacker. I mean, that's Fit – their scheme. It fits their right scheme. Right into their scheme. Yeah, and what do they do? They take him. And then he's wanting Jeremiah – it gets it. He gets the chance to get him there, but they uh, they let him slide. They ended up taking Greg Newsom. He was happy with it. I mean, he so knows. He, wasn't, he, oh, wasn't, he knows. Was a solid pick. Yeah, yeah, Greg Newsom's a very good corner. I mean, he's arguably four or fifth corner. You know, in the draft. So, who is, so who did they have listed as like the third best corner? Uh, Caleb Farley. Oh yeah, that's right. The Virginia Tech yeah, guy. Yeah, ended up being number three. Who was him, it, so. What was the draft pick that I called? You remember? We kind of made a big deal about it. It was something about it was. Like on oh, the day of the draft, or like no, yeah, really it, we were in the, the living room. I'm trying to remember popped it. Popped up, and I was like, "Oh, I guarantee they're taking this player." It was kind of off the, kind of a little bit off the wall, but it wasn't too far. It wasn't. It wasn't Chicago moving up. We all called the Mac Jones call. Was it Detroit taking? I swear, was it not me calling Micah Parsons going to Dallas? I don't think so. I think it was. I think he's right. Maybe it was you calling Penny Sewell, and I said it's got to be a receiver. Because I, think I mean, it was because so well, yeah. Because Detroit, I mean, they have they nobody. nobody, and they didn't get anybody. I mean, they literally like I, I had to pull it up and look exactly because I had it on my phone. I don't think Detroit actually took a wide receiver in the NFL draft. So, and they don't have they have nobody. They let all they, they all they okay. Talking about a team that never took a receiver, so talking about a team that decided to take a receiver in the first round when their linemen. Let their star quarterback <laughs> blow his ACL, ACL last year. Yeah, and she, they were like, "No, we don't need offensive linemen. We want with receiver, the freaking Bengals." Cincinnati. Don't know what. They I mean, were it thinking. was a pick before, wasn't it? Wasn't it was two picks before? It was Miami. Detroit yeah. went at seven. Yeah, okay. my Miami. It was because uh, well, I thought it went. No, Miami was six. Cincinnati was five. Okay, so it was. I was about to say I thought it went receivers back to back, and yeah. then. And and I mean Detroit took a didn't take a wide receiver until the fourth round. 
They they let their top two wide receivers who make up two thousand yards worth well, of production. Where did he go to school and what is he? Fourth round receivers don't usually. Amon Ross St. Brown from he's from Southern California. He's actually a pretty good receiver. I mean, I remember his name That's just selectively. Weird, receivers usually don't last that long. You know what I'm saying? They're usually picked up before well, that. I mean, I feel yeah. like. but, but they are a lot of a lot of decent receivers compared to a lot of decent linemen. Yeah. Like, or a good offensive lineman or a harder to come by than a receiver you can train or somebody well, yeah, you can no, make. Exactly. Like, it kind of goes like what we're saying. Like, what your your point pitches into what we're saying is you're better off going for the lineman in the first round than you are trying to say, hey, let's get a receiver. Then hopefully we can get, get a, a decent lineman in the second and yeah. third round. Like, the linemen are going to be gone, son. Like, you've got no shot. Funny stat. The – and it's on the spectrum of what we're talking about. The highest percent of position that is re-signed after their first con- – like re-signed by the team that they're drafted by is in the first line, round right? is offensive linemen. The lowest percent receivers. is receiver. 13% of receivers that are drafted in the first round actually sign their second contract with, with the, the same team. team. Yeah. Also, I saw a stat that came through, I guess it was, uh, I guess on the NFL Instagram page. Penn State now has the most linebackers in the NFL. Or yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Penn State, yeah. Penn State produces linebackers. Not a question about it. Big Big Ten actually really produces a lot of linebackers. Like there are obviously, like the well, those well, are those are defensive yeah. ends technically. Um, but Still, I mean, yeah, I understand that. But well, really, TJ, TJ came out of the linebacker. Yeah, TJ came yeah. out of the linebacker. He's a rush outside linebacker. But um, but yeah, I mean, Penn State, the Big Ten, they produce a lot of solid. Now, where you see the real like the speed talent is actually pretty much in the SEC and the Big 12. Like, a lot of corners, a lot of safeties come yeah. out of come out of those areas. I say because, I mean, Stokes ran like a 4-3. Oh, congratulations. It doesn't matter if you can't cover anybody. I know. I, mean, I said the kid's fast as hell. Congratulations. The same thing that we talked about when we were going to the mock draft is, like, the DB can be fast as hell, but also if he's five inches shorter than the receiver, like you brought yeah. up during that video, it was like, it doesn't matter. He can keep up with them because that receiver is going to be able to jump, jump over them. Yeah, I mean, did you have any favorite picks from from the first round that you that you like looked at and you were like, "Man, that's a steal for that team," or like, "Man, that's going to be a really really good Bears, fit." Bears, Bears, Bears Justin Fields, first round, yeah. Justin Fields. Justin Fields fell down way past what I thought. Um, Trey from North Dakota State. Trey Lance, you like the pick to San Francisco? Yeah, like I said in the video, I think he's going to be like one of the next. Oh, that's what you called. That's what you called. It was Trey Lance to, to San Francisco. I think that's what okay. it was that when yeah. everybody. But also, I, I mean, remember. but also, I think. I we, was a little bit inebriated that night. I yeah. think we also called, well, we called it at like pick, after pick three, once Trey Lance went to San Fran, we said 15, they're going Mac Jones. Yeah. The Patriots. Oh, um, everybody. We started knew. like at our house when it got to like pick 11, and we saw who was between. The pick on the board in New England, we were like, "Holy shit, Mac, Mac Jones, Jones is gonna fall into New England." Yeah. And yeah. like, I mean, no, it like it was like pick three. I was sitting there with Christian, and because we were going back and forth as far as Trey Lance or Mac Jones to, um, to San Fran, I was still thinking Mac Jones. Like, I think, and I, I and Bel- I guess Belichick Bel- Bel- has to be super excited about getting Mac. I Jones, think he, he probably the dude's so the dude's got to be like he's just got to feel like a genius because he. Yeah. A, it, all right, you saw Trey Lance go. I mean, if for me, I'm sitting here going, okay, the moment Justin Fields comes off this board, I'm trading up to the next pick to get Matt Jones. Mm. And as soon as – I mean, he went off 11, I think, yeah. is, is when Chicago got him. Yeah. I would have – I've been – hey, Dallas, 
I, listen, I'm call, I'm you know I'm coming to get this guy. Right? I just need yeah. to trade picks with you. Like, let's figure it out. Let's just we need to swap. I don't care. I would I would not have waited for that. But I mean, he he knew he's like, all right, Dallas doesn't need this guy, right? Um, I think it's Minnesota was next after him. Uh, has Kirk Cousins, right? And I can't even remember who 14 was. I think it was uh, Miami again. But didn't I mean, need him. didn't need him, and he was just like, hey, this is my guy right here. And the pick was in. I mean, it took him 50 seconds to That's put that bad boy yeah. in. You saw it, was it the <laughs> 10 minute time where I you saw. 857 pick. I think between, yeah. between, <laughs> you know, between New England and Pittsburgh in the first round, those two, Pittsburgh and New England, had the quickest time to they, turn a draft pick. Because as soon as it went to Pittsburgh, it was, you know, like 955, 940, pick is in. And it was no. Najee Harris. And then every, when every, New England came up, it was like 945, pick is pick in. Is in. Yeah. Like, everybody, everybody. So I think they got who they wanted. And they, they were patient. It's really, I mean, really, really well done. They were both very, very patient to go get the guy. They knew who they wanted. And they knew but that they the didn't. guys in front of them really. They were kind of you know, willing to kind of gamble a bit, like, yeah. "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna kind of hopefully teeter through this and not have to trade back. up." Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like you said, I mean, for the most part, the teams that I know, the teams that picked ahead of Pittsburgh, none of them were in dire need of a line. From like well, Washington, 20, Washington Pittsburgh, did Pittsburgh at twenty four. The first like five teams in front of them, oh, like nineteen. Didn't need one. So all, we, all Pittsburgh had to do was make it to like nineteen twenty. I thought Washington at nineteen was going to take a running back. I thought that was the Washington, that was the Washington that was the moment. Sketchy. Yeah, that was the moment where it could have really. But been. they could have very well taken Travis Etienne, and you still would have been. What was crazy though was when Pittsburgh took Najee Harris. Jacksonville immediately, immediately took like, Travis, no, Etienne. Uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah, they were like, yeah. "Oh God, all the yeah. running backs are going." Yeah. <laughs> so just like any any uh, fantasy, fantasy draft, league. yeah. Yeah. What did you What did you pick first? Well, the first twelve picks were running backs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So or or you dropped the gun and you took you know Aaron Rodgers in the first round of a fantasy draft. Did y'all uh, uh Did y'all keep up with any of the following rounds? I mean, I watched every. I tried to watch the second round and part the of only the time round. I really pay attention was when you were giving me updates on the Steelers because well, like, yeah, I, as far it was as, like the second and third. After that, I just lose complete interest in the yeah. Draft, well, yeah, fair. after the four, like when the fourth through the seventh were going on, like during the day, I didn't watch it. Yeah, but the second and the third that happened that Friday night, I was I was trying to keep keep up with what we got. Yeah, same. You know? I uh. I, I mean, I didn't get to obviously look over like every single pick. I, I kind of looked at well, like where some of the quarterbacks went. I thought it was interesting that Kellen Mond went to Minnesota uh, in the second round. I mean, Houston, I feel really, really bad for the Houston Texans. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is probably not going to play anymore for the Houston Texans. They didn't have a pick until the literal third round, immediately took the top quarterback. <laughs> and, it yeah. was, and it was, I mean, it was nobody. <laughs> so, um, you know, so most of the quarterbacks are gone. Like you've made trades to get rid of your first and second pick, and then that same year, you're. Franklin's quarterback yeah. is like, hey, running I'm out. leaving. Yeah. Like, you're trying to get – you have to bite the bullet on that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, then Kyle Trask going to Tampa I think is really interesting. Obviously, Kyle Trask has a lot of talent. I mean, sitting behind Tom Brady for a year or two possibly, I mean, this could be really good for him personally uh, and for Tampa but fans. But I thought – what do you think about Atlanta getting, you know, Kyle Pitts at four? At this point, that, at that point, it was taking the best that was, available. That was a shocker. Yeah. We, we that was about, the best available player. Like if we you said the same thing at our house when we were watching. That is the best available player. That's what they drafted. So now, but but they didn't. They, after the they fa- didn't need somebody in the receiving core. But after the fact, they went. I guess you know whoever does draft grades, they gave Atlanta like the number one draft class. They said Atlanta had 
the best draft class. Well, I'm I'm looking I'm looking over like, it now. They took uh, Richie Grant, which is one of the top three safeties from UCF, with the eighth pick in the second round. Uh, they took Jalen Mayfield, the, the offensive, offensive tackle, tackle from up. Michigan, in the yep. third round, which is actually pretty pretty that's great for steal. them. That's a steal. We had Jalen Mayfield going to uh, Baltimore at thirty yeah. in our in our mock draft. So. I mean, this was a guy that was getting first-round grades from a lot of guys. You're getting in the third round with the fourth pick of the third round. And then they took another corner, center, defense. I mean, they filled most of their defense out, out from there. So, I mean. I think overall they actually they, did have a very good draft. But, but it was, yeah, again, Kyle the Pitts. The first pick at Kyle Pitts was just shocking. They did but, not need a good receiving core. But it, now, I mean, you're looking at having a – Well, Atlanta fans now feel like that – when you when they took Kyle Pitts, that's basically them saying, "Okay, we are going to trade Julio Jones now," because they want to trade oh, okay. Julio Jones. They want to get Julio's contract. They, hell, they want to get rid of Matt Ryan too. They want to get those big contracts off, off the, the books book, right yeah. now to kind of help them kind of start the rebuild. Yeah, and but so, say, but at this time, I mean, you're looking at having now Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, and well, Hayden Hurst. I yeah, mean, and Hayden. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, uh, and Hayden was probably, I think, his forty is what. Top three quickest tight end forty times probably when he came out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean he's you know he's a he's still again a top ten tight end in the NFL. So maybe this does mean did they trade Julio? I mean New England's obviously interested, but still, Detroit I mean, needs wide how, receiver. How big's Julio? Six five, six four. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts is six four. Calvin Ridley's what six, six one. I mean you got a you got a lot, and he's quick as hell too. I mean you got a lot of Hayden you got a lot of six, size. Five. Yeah. So you got a lot of size out there in your receiving core yeah. that when you get to the red zone. Where they've had issues, they're like, all right, I'm going to throw it to my three options of six, four plus. Yeah. yeah. Go cover them. <laughs> now we're going to win games 45 to 44, but I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 I don't so. know. Uh, what's his name? Koo, the kicker. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Koo, hey, listen, Koo's a good kicker. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He'll give him some extra points in there, some yeah. more extra points, don't, a couple field goals. Don't knock Koo. So. drafted a punter. Be they did Georgia Tech, yeah. yeah, yeah, the two sixty punter. Yeah. Boy's a unit. Yeah, he is. <laughs> hey, he's he, just saying he can take some shots. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had I had one thing that really stood out to me from the the following days after the first round. Um, I thought the Jets ended up. I know Atlanta. You say got one of the highest grades or the highest grade. I thought the Jets did a really great job. I I know you're somewhat of a UNC fan. You know Michael Carter. The, you knew Javonta Williams. Yeah. Michael Carter, the backup. Oh, yep. All right, so the number two running back at UNC last year. These were his college stats. This is who the Jets got with the fourth – I think it's the third overall pick. No, it's – sorry, the second overall pick in the fourth round. This is who the Jets got. Michael Carter, five foot eight, 202-pound running back from UNC, was a senior, so he's 22 years old. His senior year of college, he had 150 carries. He, uh, he had 1,245 rushing yards. That's an average of eight yards a carry, nine touchdowns, basically 300 receiving hey, yards and two like touchdowns. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> that going to get you paid in the NFL, <laughs> yeah, I tell yeah. you that. And, th- and this is if somebody that the NFL, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, best, get, yeah. best running back in the league never exists. Like, <laughs> I, say, I, mean, I mean, what did Williams have? I mean, he was up there near the – 1200 yard mark as far as he was too, too. Yeah. yeah both of them were thousand I mean, yard rushers last which year at is North Carolina. wild so it was i mean it that for but so for that's a steal for kind of a later round you think? Oh, fourth yeah. round i mean that is a steal baby that's a guy that can instantly help you probably oh yeah i mean if, if whether it's as a backup or either as a as a every down 
or two out of the four down back. You know, yeah. if you decide not to punt and you're like, hey, let's go for it on a fourth and one, like I can get you th- I can get you two yards. I can get yeah. the first down. Another another cool thing that happened related to Michael Carter, the Jets in the make sure I'm saying this right. Yeah, in the fifth round, traded up to pick a safety out of Duke, Michael Carter the second. This is the first time in NFL history. They've had Michael Carter and Michael Carter the second. Not not just same names, but the same team drafted guys with the same names in the same year. Both were named Michael Carter. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Both being unrelated. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. schools in North Carolina. Well, I mean, they went to rival schools. Yeah. Within, what, 90 miles of each other? Yeah, yeah, North Carolina and Duke. So that's pretty cool. Only other history history that happened in this draft. Um, I, well, I take that back. There's two other historical things that happened in this draft. The SEC once again had the most players drafted ever. They had 65 players drafted. It's the first time in the SEC's history that every single school, all 14 member schools, had at least one player drafted, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then Alabama. Who did Vandy have? Vandy had a safety drafted, I think. Okay. Or they no, they had a defensive tackle drafted to Indianapolis. I got you. Um. If Vandy actually had more people drafted. They had two people drafted. I'll take that back. Two or three people drafted. They had more people drafted than Tennessee or Auburn, So, which was pretty I figured, cool. I figured uh, the receiver out of Auburn um, yeah, would uh, have been. Clint, uh, Cleveland took Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, or that Schwartz. Guy, yeah. Yeah. that's it, Schwartz. Yeah. Um, and one final thing on the receivers as well, actually. Alabama became the first team in the history of football to have two wide receivers drafted in the first round in back-to-back years. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. yeah, Tua, Tua had a stable of four first-rounders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to throw to it, Alabama. Yeah, that, that was literally in the history of football, Alabama is the first team. And Alabama also tied Miami's record of, of, most, six, of six players yeah, getting six drafted players in the first, first round. round. Yep. Yeah, crazy. I mean, Alabama's just turning the talent. That's why kids are going there. How good you may not like Nick Saban's coaching, but you know the odds of you going to the NFL if you're in a skill oh, position high. are freaking phenomenal. How good was LSU in 2020 to 19? Yeah. To beat Alabama and go win a national championship. And now all these players are coming out of those teams. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was just wild. So again, you know, we had fun with it. We we appreciate the views and uh, you know, it was it was fun. I you know, we didn't get a whole lot right, but it was fun. It's all right. Yeah. Better than next time. That's going to be it for the uh, NFL talk. We're going to, uh, I guess, roll into the second beer. Yeah. yeah. Adam seems to be going in again. So. Give another little beer review. Uh, this one's from Belgium. Like, this is an international beer. Okay. So, it's going to be um, our 98 beer review. It will be a 98 official beer review. So, um, it's in the brand. It's eye level. <laughs> Literally, it's trouble, eye level. We'll find in the beer over there. Eye level for our five foot eight friend over there. So, uh, I mean, I know it's five seven. I was just giving you a free inch. Uh huh. Uh huh. I hear you. So, ninety um, eighth beer review. Obviously, if you if you do follow us on Instagram, make sure you get in on the comments. Yeah, you can go ahead and start. Uh, make sure that you do get in on the comments so that you can have uh, some input on what we're going to do for our one hundredth uh, beer review coming up next week, and uh, you know. I'll make also make sure that you're uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel. So, so what what we got here? We have All right, so this is the official 98th beer we're reviewing on Beer Bacon and Bros. Um, little round of applause. We got one episode left yeah. for hitting our 100th. 
This is going to be the Delirium Red Belgian Ale with cherry and elderberry. It is actually imported. It actually is from Belgium. Yep. Chris, solid. Chris solid. Abel got it uh, true Belgium Belgian Ale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Belgian Family Breweries. Little organizations gave their little stamp of approval on it. 8% alcohol by volume and a 1.9 fluid ounce tall boy. So a couple of these are going to get you getting, you're going to get feeling you going. Right. Yeah, you're going to feel some, you're going to feel something. Does it say like what buoy or whatever? Or is it just that family stamp, whatever? I think it doesn't. I'm not saying anything. Is Belgium red? Oh, the brewed brewery? by family brewery. H-U-Y-G-H-E. I'm going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. You can also go to, actually, no, it is Delirium. Delirium, yeah, there's www.delirium.be. Yeah. Okay. Their little website. All right, collect that thing. Yeah. He's I, was a, trying to, I was trying to read it, man. He was, he was admiring it, man. He's like, damn, this is from Belgium, man. This has got to be good, right? It's good international beer. Yeah. Shipped so, all the way over here. Dude. Yeah, if you're ever watching us from Belgium, shout out to you guys. You do have good beers. <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely taste the berries in, oh, in a okay. very good way. Okay, <laughs> very I, good way. I was kind of curious about that reaction because you you were very. So I'm so used to red ales. Yeah, like just like red Irish beers, red, yeah, like Irish red stuff like that. Nah, no more Irish reds. <laughs> Belgian boys know what they're doing <laughs> making red. It's almost give me, give me the digital, yeah. No more red. Irish reds. I want the Belgian red. Yeah, cherry and elderberry come through there. Very good. Cherry first, almost immediately followed by the elderberry, overpowering it. You'll get it. That's a good one. That is, yeah, I agree. Cherry, as it's like hitting your mouth. Hitting and then almost immediately turns into elderberry. Yeah. yeah. What, I mean, if you had to describe elderberry, though, as a, like, what what flavor is that? Like, I have no, I have no idea. So it almost kind of has like that sweet to it, but more is it's bitter, not in a way that it's like a bitter sour or a bitter tart. Like it's just it's it, kind of more like of what, just, what would you compare it to like a blackberry or something like that? Like what? Yeah, you can get it to where it's not. It's like because you know you get those blackberries that are just they're just not sweet at all. Yeah, well, it's kind of one of those because I guess. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know what elderberry is supposed to taste like. I don't think I've had. With the essence I'm getting from the beer, it's, the cherry comes in sweet. It's almost kind of like, like Sour Patch, because like it's first they're sweet, then they're sour kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not a sour, it's just more of a sweet kind of bitter taste. So is it like a blackberry almost? That's or yeah, like I a blue? I mean, yeah, what he just said, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I guess, yeah, that's kind of like, if I had to equate it to something, it would be yeah. similar to the, to the realm of a blackberry. But yeah, it's a cherry definitely hits hits you first, and then it's followed by this blackberry esque yeah. flavor. It's feel, definitely a berry that's not super sweet at all. I feel really bad because I'm pretty sure one of our listeners just told us to. Yep, they told us to do a delirium for our hundredth beer. So probably not going to happen. We're having one right here for number ninety eight. But that's um, unfortunate. Um, We'll we'll see we'll see if we, there's another delirium style that we can go for. The elderberries look almost just like a blackberry. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt like I knew what it mm. looked like, 
You know what I'm saying it's sweet, and then almost that bitter elderberry comes through. Yeah, and it's not bitter in a bad way. It's just you lose the sweet. Like not not from the alcohol percent because eight is a little bit high, but it's also not like egregious. But yeah, this okay, feels so. kind of heavy, doesn't it? Sweet, sweet, sweet tart. tart. Yeah, sweet so yeah. tart. Yeah, that's yeah. That's With that's earthy a, undertones, I get that. Yeah, that's a solid way to describe it. So yeah, tangy. That's the kind of word I'm looking for. Tangy, tangy. bitter. Yeah. It's not tart, but it's kind of just tangy. It's got like that. It's it stings or like not not stings, but um, uh, it, it you have like that sensation in yeah. your mouth, like yeah. on your tongue and on the sides of your mouth, like yeah, but um, not yeah, not overpowering. No, I mean it's it just feels a little heavy. It, it mm-hmm. like, but do you, does this sits a little heavier though than like an Irish red? I feel like all I gotta say is if you gave me a few of these and I didn't know it was eight percent, I'm gonna be drunk. It's good. Like yeah. it, it is. It this is sweet. Beer is just going back. It's like, going back. Like we talked about, the elderberries kind of sitting a little heavier and giving you uh, that tartness, but it still feels sweet. Like you're in your aftertaste. Like after yeah, yeah. you've swallowed it, sitting in your mouth, oh, like yeah. it, it still feels pretty sweet. The so. whole experience has got that sweet, naturally just good flavor that is a, to it. That is a pretty damn good beer. It I, is. I was a little surprised. Especially for it to be imported too, and to hold the flavor the way it has. Yeah, um, it, we've had some imported beers where you felt like palmetto. <laughs> yeah, no, no, imported, not imported. But I know. Palmetto couldn't make it from up, the up coast street. One state, up yeah. the street, hour and a half. So, um, it is. It is. Man, I feel like this is the best combo of beers that we've had in a while. Like we haven't had an episode. A good one too. Probably the combo. last five episodes, we haven't had two I think, good honestly, beers. Honestly, the last time we've ever had like solid one twos. It had been a live show. Had to have been a live show because it's just I mean mathematically we're gonna have two good beers in it. Well, no, I mean you think about it, we had uh, we had the five sisters. That's probably the last time that we've had really, really two high quality beers. That wasn't is when we did the five wasn't sisters. A live show? But that wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't a, a live show. Wasn't a live show and then once again the, the sisters was pretty much a lot of sours. Sours with berry berry flavors in it. Well, yeah, because I think we did the sisters late December, wasn't it? When Austin was here. Yeah. He came back in town for it. Yeah. Well, I think we did the sisters. Yeah, we did the sisters since doing our last episode at, at Swamp Cabin. And for those that don't know, we're talking about the Goose Island Five Sisters yeah. uh, sour beers. Yeah, they're like aged and reserved. And I yeah. think we, we did the – originally it was like a 2011. I think we did the 2013s is what we could get our hands on. So, um, yeah, do you remember the Melvin Sour Volume 1 and then the Grand Tenton Mocha Porter? No. That's the last time that we had the back-to-back – what, what date was that? What was that? Mocha no, Porter sounds I know, like... I know this because the Melvin Sour I brought back from Wyoming. That's the last time that we yeah, had two really, really high. Was the, was the Mocha the uh, the week before we had the uh, like the, what we were saying? No, like the these group. are both. These are actually both Wyoming breweries. We did them. We did them in the same episode I did together. The Melvin off the top of my head. Yeah, I, remember, I don't remember the. We gave Mocha? we gave mid eights uh, Grand Tenton. Grand Teton. Teton. Yeah. Yeah. There, if you'd have said, well, Grand, it's, it's a very hard word to pronounce. If you said I mean, it's T N T O N. Ten. Yeah. Is what I would say. Teton. Yeah. Teton. But yeah, both of those were uh, mid, uh, mid to high eights for the three of us. So that's the last time that we had an episode that we had actually like two really high no, quality beers. Look at beers you in. go, Wyoming. Look at you go, Belgium. And then look at you go. Uh, Great Divide, baby. Yeah. yeah so, divide, yeah, we. And- that that episode was in December, and we're sitting here yeah, in, in I May just came now back from uh, Jackson, 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 Wyoming. Yep. So, um, well, yeah, here we are in first part of May. 
Yeah, so that tells you how we I'm score saying, beers a little bit. I'm also not saying that we've had bad, bad beers. beers in between, but we've never had really enough. We're, ta- we're talking basically. Both beers were just very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. we're talking mid-eights and above, basically. Yeah. like Or yeah. Eight, just eights in general. In well, above. yeah, that's what I'm assuming eights is that this is probably going to get in the eights for some of us. Um, for those that don't know, I'm just going to say it again like we said in other episodes. In other actually, posts. you don't even have to because it's on YouTube now. You can see our, our scoring and how we do it. It's a little separate video, a minute and a half long. Check it out on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Even so better. Look at yeah. that out. Um, <laughs> our, our little scoring scale is a little different. And as Chris said, I did I knew we explained it in one of our recent videos. I didn't realize we had cut it out. Yeah, I, I, I cut it out. I okay. cut it out. So. Eight flat. Eight yeah. flat for you? Flat. Okay. All right. So we have Good enough. Beer. For- I, I, if, it's, if it's around, if like if I went, like if Flying Saucer was still around and this was on tap as one of the 200 if you, beers. Like if you, you had, were at this brewery in Belgium, is this the first beer that you're taking? Yes, because it's something right. I know. Boom, that's an eight. Yeah. There you go. I'm going 8.5. <laughs> I think it's higher than the margarita. Oh, oh, I say I really. It I, is. I, I, I give the I give the margarita eight point one. I yep. say I'm giving this an eight point five. All right, yeah. so we we rotated, mm-hmm. we flop flip flop pretty much. Yeah, because I really like that margarita though. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's a that was a solid beer. You're a margarita well, one, guy though. One, I, I do like, like margaritas. Though. I like this one because the beer wasn't terribly expensive. Eight percent alcohol is going to pack a punch, and it's a pint. It's a pint. Well, I guess it's and it's also. Going to actually have good flavor to it with a high alcohol content. Yep. So you can actually drink and not you realize think, what how, you're how doing. Many, how many? You think you can finish a six pack of those in one oh, sitting? Oh, I could finish a six pack. Like he wouldn't get up on the couch. Like, what am I going to be able to do after the six pack? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the true question. I can finish a six pack. So we got a. We got a. This body can hold six of those. In. You got a. You got a three o'clock kickoff. You got a six pack of those. You finishing that before the kickoff? No, because I want to remember the rest of the night. Because <laughs> if I if I drink six of these before the three o'clock kickoff, I mean you essentially you, there's gonna be some liquor play going on, and because at that point in time I'm drinking a drink. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm looking to do damage. Yeah, because I'm mean, looking at, to do damage. Yeah. That's a great way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> at that point, in time, I'm, I'm looking. To, I, I've committed. My this. liver has come out to play, son, and we're yeah. going hard. So, because I guess what I'm saying though is like you could get at your tailgate spot 10 a.m. You got five Ooh, hours, right? 10 to three. You got five, five hours, hours of drink sick. I mean, yeah, I could, I could, I could, I could personally. I could, but I'm, I'm be with, smart about it. I'm with Alex though. I am to, like, probably slam two in the post hours though. Oh, There's also be a lot of water no. bottles in between. Mm-hmm. No. A lot of water bottles, some food. This is all I'm drinking. That's all I need is those six from 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 10 to three. 10 to three. Yeah. Well, because I, I, uh, I guess, true. Like let's say let's say we're at the tailgate for Carolina. Um, I three guess, o'clock kickoff for Carolina game. So uh, you're, you're walking to the stadium at two thirty. You know. Oh, well, I gotta go to the goddamn game too now. <laughs> well, yeah, you got a three yeah. o'clock kickoff to make. Yeah, but we we tailgate for the games. I didn't. Yeah. You never said yeah. nothing. Most of the time, we don't go into the, the games. <laughs> you're going to the game. Oh no, I'm not drinking six because through that game, I'm gonna that buzz is gonna start wearing off. Okay, so you're saying if you if you just strictly tailgated the game, if I strictly tailgated the game like we normally do. You I could do sixes before three o'clock because I again I think I'm going to go through what Chris is saying. By the time the Carolina game would end, it's going to be like okay, let's let's wrap this baby up and let's head home kind of thing. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you were going to go with that? Yeah, but I mean, what I was going to say is that is that this is all I'm going to need. And he was talking about walking to the same. I'm walking with one in my hand. I'm putting it in the trash can before I get to the game. Yeah, basically, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you I mean, always no, got to carry the guy that chugs it. Yeah, I just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, of course, you gotta take a roadie. So, yeah. Let me get one more sip of it. I'll give my score. 
I'm very happy with this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that was a very good beer. That, yeah, I'm going eight one. I think we're all, we're all in the eights. So where'd you get this one? So these are actually if you're Wico? watching a yeah if you're watching us from out, Columbia, South Carolina. So from the Wico um, Beer Garden here in West Columbia. Yeah, which is a really solid spot. So if you're if you're with us this here in Columbia, South Carolina, there because we've taken a few people to Wego that just. They're not really big into the craft beer scene. Well, say, yeah. but, but they so have a good, little this bit. A, this is a good thing to describe. Like, hey, if you really want something that's kind of like fruity and like cherry. Well, not yeah, only without that, being sour have, either. Yeah, they have 10, 15, probably, yeah, 15 to 18 beers on tap. On tap, and then they've got a plus huge the entire section behind yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they, I, I think actually their exact number is 14 or 15. Okay. But, uh, yeah. But I yeah, like, you got a huge, you know, multiple coolers with and, multiple it, different styles it, of beer. And even if they do tap out of something, they it's rotate not be, immediately. Well, not only that, but it's not being replaced with the same. So it is something it's new. Changing, you know? yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's changing. always changing. So, I mean, yeah. they'll probably have... The keg will change to a completely different brewery. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if they have 12, say 14 on tap when you get there, they might have five or six, depending on where that tap is, uh, where that keg is, five or six different ones waiting to be put in place. Yeah. yeah. By the time you leave from getting there, you could have seen there still be 14 beers on tap, but, but two, there'll be... Could possibly be five to six new ones have been thrown up there. Yeah, yeah. So to to wrap up the scores again, eight one, eight five, eight zero. So um, first time in a long time that we've had uh, two beers in one night in the eights. So yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribing to our channel. We're always doing two beer reviews every week. Uh, we'll get those up. Typically, these videos go live at 12 o'clock on Fridays. We call them beer, uh, like beer 30 is what we've been calling them on Instagram and, and making them go live. So um, you can find us new beer reviews every week, Friday at noon on our YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, always like, comment and, uh, and subscribe. Yeah, share the post if you see it. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.